This is Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International, a non-denominational end times ministry dedicated to fulfilling a divine commission to trumpet forth warnings from God concerning the imminent second coming of Christ and the impending judgment of God upon the ungodly. God has sent Dr. Hansen to many nations of the world with a solemn warning to the political and religious leaders and citizenry to repent of their sinfulness and wickedness or face the catastrophic judgments that will soon be unleashed upon the unbelieving world. Listen now to the warnings of our compassionate and merciful Creator conveyed through His faithful prophetic spokesman, the host of Warning Radio, Dr. Jonathan Hansen. This is Jonathan Hansen, and I have a tremendous shortwave radio program for you. The first part, I've interviewed Pastor Jeff Hastings. He's a senior pastor at Reset Church in Marysville, Washington. And we're going to be talking about the dysfunctional, compromised church. Now, the second interview was with an Andrea Walters. She was a victim, and she overcame it. And she will tell you how she walked out her fear. Again, she was a sexual victim. Now, before I start with these two radio guests that I want you to hear, I want you to understand we are in trouble. Do you agree that America is in crisis and needs another great awakening if it is to survive? We're attempting to gather groups of Christians who are concerned about the attack on our freedoms and are willing to take a stand against what is happening in our government. We must expose the forces that are attempting to replace our republic under the morality of God defined in the Bible with tyranny, thus communism. I am leading eagle-saving nations. Go to my website, www.worldministries.org. That's www.worldministries.org. The vision and mission of eagle-saving nations is to wake up Christians of the seriousness of the hour and hold revival meetings across the world. We want to fill stadiums, conferences, churches, focused on training, strategy, exhortation, worship, preaching, and allowing the glory of God to manifest with people being baptized in the Holy Ghost and others constantly overflowing with the Holy Spirit. We want them to leave these meetings encouraged, refreshed, and strengthened with power and authority to accomplish confronting the evil forces that are trying to enslave God's people and their nation. We want to be true ambassadors of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we have to have another great awakening. Putting in conservative politicians will not stop America from being judged. It will only delay the toppling of the republic because even the Republicans accept homosexuality. We need another great awakening. A white eagle is $220 a month. A bald eagle, $22 a month. A golden eagle is $50 a year. Everyone can at least be a gold eagle. A golden eagle. 
Again, we need to get into the football stadiums, NBA stadiums, conferences. We've got to have another great awakening. Or I believe millions of people are going to die. We're on the verge of a world war. Nuclear weapons will be involved. I've interviewed professionals on this program. They're all saying the same thing. We've got to have another great awakening. Please go to my website again, www.worldministries.org. That's www.worldministries.org and join Eagle Saving Nations today. Or you can telephone 360-629-5248, 360-629-5248, and talk to one of my operators there. Tell them you want to join Eagles Saving Nations. And if you enjoy this shortwave program, please give me your very best mission love offering so we can stay on your local station. Now, listen as I interview Pastor Jeff Hastings. God bless you. This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen. I'm the president of World Ministries International. I want to welcome all of you that are watching or listening to the warning program. Today, I have a special guest, Pastor Jeff Hastings, Reset Church, Marysville, Washington. Pastor Jeff, welcome to the warning program. Thank you very much. It's good to be with you. Well, I'll tell you what, it's it's great being with you. I met Jeff at, at a uh, meeting, and we're only people that are on top of reality attend. Right. And uh, I've been wanting to meet him. Somebody told me about him before, and so here you are. So, uh, Jeff, uh, you and I are on the same page. We understand the responsibility of the church. Mm-hmm. We understand when the church is not doing its job, that nation falls apart. Correct. And the church in America, to a great extent, is dysfunctional. It is. Now, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the dysfunctional church and and why it's dysfunctional, but uh, uh, why don't you give a little history of yourself and, and what brought you up to this point? Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. Um, uh, it really goes back and you know naturally just occurred for me in the first ministry that I was sent out okay. to I sent out to Tillamook Oregon to rescue a church that had flamed out wow and uh, in that process I mean you know, they sent out an evangelist and he grew it up and blew it up my and uh, so then I went out and I've got you know more of a teaching and foundation building ministry so sure. I had to go back and rebuild that church but in the meantime I just naturally got involved, uh, you know, civically. Okay. I, I started attending county commissioner meetings and just sitting there, just praying primarily because I wanted to know how to pray for my county. Good. And pretty soon the commissioner stopped their meeting one day and they said, excuse us, um, who are you and do you want to talk to us? We've noticed you've been here for several weeks. Wow. And that's when I was able just to introduce myself and let them know, no, really, I'm here just to hear and pray for you all and uh, to pray for our county, which blew them away. Yeah. They've never had anybody come to their county commission meetings without a request. My goodness. So that started a relationship. um, And pretty soon, one of those county commissioners ended up in the church. And because it was also Coast Guard Reserve member, uh, a chief ended up in the church and come to find out they were exes. 
Oh, my. And so, you know, the power of reconciliation, restoration, you could see that. But I also was involved in the minister's association there. Go to a lot of boring meetings. But I was trying to build relationship. You bet. You see, I was young. I was only 27 years old when I started in the ministry. And and, uh, uh, one day I was in the Safeway. It was the largest grocery store in, in the town. And I saw a pastor at the end of the aisle and he saw me come around the corner at the end of the aisle okay. and he ducked around and ran away. Wow. And I thought, what? That's weird, you know? And uh, cause I just thought all pastors loved each other. Sure. All churches get along. They all cooperate. They all get together. This was my, you know, I was a young, naive first time. I understand. I understand. Uh, but I didn't let that deter me. I just kept going, building relationship, building relationship. Uh, pretty soon, we had the opportunity. We started a countywide prayer team. Okay. And uh, and working together with other churches. And all said and done, we had 75% of the churches in Tillamook County putting money down to do joint evangelistic uh, outreaches. Wow. So from zero cooperation to that level of cooperation throughout the county. We put the Jesus video in almost every home. Wonderful. That was one of the things. And uh, that countywide prayer team is still going. Now, you know, Tillamook proper is only 4,000 people. Yes, yes. And uh, there are times when they had 500 people show up for a prayer meeting. My goodness. In that little town. Isn't that something? The county, yeah. So an amazing, that's, that story's still going on down there. Uh, you know, after the pastors started trusting each other, then we'd do things, you know, they had the June Dairy Parade, okay, which was the largest parade outside of the Rose Festival Parade in Portland. Wow. In the entire state. So yes. We'd do floats, stuff like that. The prayer summits, you've heard of the- I have. The pastor's prayer summits, we started, those are still going on to this day, and they still invite me to come back- My and, and goodness. participate with them. Um, we even- started an intercessory prayer team where I had two other pastors from two different churches, members from their congregation. We would eat a meal weekly and then go out and do prophetic acts throughout the county. We actually created cedar stakes and put scrolls of scripture, 70 scriptures inside these stakes. Wow. And we would go to every entryway into the county and pray over it and bless it and just dedicate the county to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. My goodness. So a lot of that. So a lot of uh, working together because, um, you know, I, I believe that the pastors need to be first. Yeah. We need to go first, just like we see in Joshua chapter three, right? The priests with the ark had to go into the floodwaters. That's right. Before it would recede. Well, we're in floodwaters today. We are. We're, 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 we're in deep. <laughs> we're going to get to that. Right. But the pastors aren't going, right? That's they're, right. They're not doing the Jericho march. They're not the ones with the trumpets to their lips. Yes. I, and I don't get this. They're lagging behind. And so I've never been that one. I've always been the one that's out front. Praise the Lord. And, uh, you know, it's easily said, and I think you would agree with this, that we need a restoration of the Black Robe Regiment. We have to. We have and, to. And in order to save this nation, and the pastors need to, to lead the way to freedom. And so bring that up to fast forward today. Right through our church, we're we're doing everything we can. I host town halls. Okay, you know we helped uh, bring in all of the school board members that were running for position. All right, and, and gave them the the podium to to pitch why you should vote for me. Sure, sure. Uh, things like that. Candidate forums with both sides of the aisle coming. 
didn't matter what political party. I don't care what political party you are. Come on in, tell us why you we should vote for you. Sure. And so we host that at Reset Church, all of that, um, those kind of things. And then I'm also a PCO. Wow. And now a state committee man. Okay. Doing all of this because I believe that as a pastor, I need to be out there. I think, you know, it's time that people forget about politics. And let's just talk about civics. There you go. Our civic duty. I mean, because it was everybody in the beginning, didn't matter who you were. That's right. Educated, uneducated, uh, the founding of this nation. But we do know that the foundation of this nation was based on the Bible and the word of God. That's right. And, and pastors have in the past uh, continued to lead our freedom. Yes. Like you said, you had the Black Robe Brigade. Uh, you had pastors that were became the officers in the American Revolution. Yes. In the past, the, the pastors understood their God-given responsibility to lead and protect a nation. And, and, but today, you see they're, they're afraid. It's gone. They're like, I'll lose people if I do this. Yeah. It, it, they have forgotten the history, and they mm. really don't seem to know their responsibility uh, in a nation. Correct. We're supposed to be the conscience of a nation. Yes. yes. And they've seemed to forget that. Uh, so let's go back to this then, Jeff. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is a pastor's responsibility in a nation? Well, you know, we need to be the voice of reason. We've got to show the nation the way. We've got to stand up. Pastors need to. And, and, and for me, I think it, it, it all boils down to, uh, are you spending enough time in the word? There you go. Do you understand the prophetic revelation? past all the way to the future yes what is the plan of god there you go and i don't see god taking you know pastors out of that equation in fact i see us we should be leading in every area of society we should you know some people call them mountains whatever you want to call them spheres whatever that is we understand that we should be the leaven of the kingdom in the loaf of the world and so in order to, to change the course, and, and that really comes down to what Jesus said. You know, Jesus said, I will build my church. That's right. The word church, ecclesia, right? That's right. What it means is amazing. If, if, if they really study it out, people really study that out, that word ecclesia has everything to do with being a governing a ruling body. Yes, yes. And uh, for the Greeks in their day, it was an assembly of people authorized to govern the affairs of a city, state, or nation. That's right. And for the Romans, it was a governing body sent into a conquered region, not only to govern, but to affect and alter the culture so that they would become like Rome. There you go. Now, ladies and gentlemen, you're listening, watching the warning program today. Special guest, Pastor Jeff Hastings, Reset Church. Marysville, Washington. You know, you mentioned about being involved in the nation. We should be involved in government, in the media, arts and entertainment, business, Mm -hmm. education, religion, and family. Uh, We are supposed to be salt and light. We're supposed to influence the nation. If we don't influence the nation for righteousness, then evil men influence the nation Yes. For unrighteousness, for evil. And the people groan. And the people not only groan, but the the people are persecuted. Mm-hmm. The church is persecuted. Yes. We lose our freedoms. We come under tyranny. Yes. But when the righteous rule, the people prosper. Our yes. freedoms are protected. And uh, Jeff, we're in a situation Amen. in America right now that they're trying to take away our freedoms. Yes. And I'll tell you bluntly, I blame the church. 
I do too. It's the blame lies in the pulpit. Exactly. Exactly. And you and I have been, and we are ministers. I'm ordained. I've been for a long, long time. I've pastored five churches. Right now I'm leading World Ministries International. But I've always known my God-given responsibility. Jesus said to make disciples of all nations, nations. to occupy, yes. to take dominion, to yes. rule, to reign. Correct. You know, people have this false impression. All they have to do is is pray. And uh, uh, let me tell you something. Jesus isn't coming out of heaven to save your nation. No. He went to heaven, but he gave you that responsibility. Go and tarry. Be mm. my witness. Correct. Be my disciple. Be my ambassador. Mm-hmm. You go. We've been given and save a nation. We've been given the authority of Christ. That's right. That's right. And, and he so, was given all authority. All authority. And and you know, but the church today, uh, Pastor Jeff, they don't seem to understand. Jesus did say, "Go and tarry." Yes. Until you're baptized mm-hmm. with my power, Amen. My dunamis released energy, so I can continue to work through you, and you can do signs and wonders. Amen. And and people today, they don't take the Holy Spirit and the baptism seriously. No, and they not. think they can do it in their own ability? No! They, 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 they waffle. They mm-hmm. keep their mouth shut. They're like Peter that <laughs> lied and ran and hid. That's what the church is today. Yes. Jeff? Yes, the church is just like Peter when Jesus was being taken away from to be crucified, to yes, be tried. Yes, yes. The scripture says Peter followed at a distance. That's right. And following at a distance, and you can tell a Christian who's following at a distance, because when they get pressure put on them, they curse and they swear. That's right. And they deny. That's right. Or like you said earlier, they see you coming and they run away. Or they run. Because, <laughs> because yes. they don't want to right. meet you. Yeah. Because they don't know what to say. And sometimes even um, they've given themselves so much over to the enemy that uh, inside of them, they don't like you. That's true. Yeah. When I was first born again, again, because I had a, I didn't hear, I, I had a, a bad period in life. Okay. But uh, when I came back and I came full in. Okay. Full okay. on in flames, and and I was working one day, and another guy, same name Jeff, grabbed me by my shirt collar. Wow! And doubled his fist, and said, "I am going to punch your lights out if you don't quit being so happy." Oh my goodness! Yeah. So just a funny little side story, but yeah, yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, I've traveled the nations. I've I've received a fair amount of of, of attacks and. And uh, some of the worst, if I want to say, attacks I've gone through in nations would be uh, leaders that are backslidden, uh, leaders mm. uh, in adultery, things like this. Mm. I remember I was I was a, a presbyter dealing with uh, sins in in that denomination and in that area, and uh, I, you know, all of a sudden now these people work with the government just like Judas. Mm-hmm. You know, and and they make charges against you, and all oh. of a sudden, uh, oh. your worst enemies sometimes come from the church. Yes, Jeff. Yes, they do. I know pastors. You know, ninety percent of them. Now, these are pastors that have gone through seminary. That's a lot of education. Yes, and it, within ten years, they have left the ministry. 
10 years. Mm, that's sad. Because they are so heartsick mm-hmm. over what people have done to them. They pour out their lives for people mm-hmm. instead of being loyal and faithful. Uh, they break their hearts. Yeah. 90% of ministers have left the ministry. These are people that have put a lot of training, mm-hmm. seminary, and 10 years they're out ninety percent are out of the ministry. But did they have the infilling? Well, there you go, Pastor Jeff. I think that's everything. You know, it's. I it, think that's it, everything. It is. When when I left Tillamook, I had one of the pastors come up and said, "I have to confess." Wow. And he was he was an educated man. Okay, he had degrees. Okay, he was in a denomination. Yes, and he said, "I hated you." Wow. And he literally said, I mean it. I hated you. I I believe it. And he said, because you just were always pressing for unity. You were always trying to get us together. You were always leading the charge. Wow. And then when God got a hold of me through this and humbled me and filled me with his spirit, I have to say, thank you. My, my, my. So a shift. And that shift only came because... One of his sons opened his heart and his eyes to the infilling, the power that comes presence, that that ability. Jesus said that we would do the same things he did and even greater things. We can't do that unless we have that very distinct experience. Water baptism is not enough. Oh, totally. All good things start with baptism. Yes, yes. The first baptism is water baptism. The next one is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. There you go. Without Holy Spirit actively present, infilling, then you're susceptible to that failure you're talking about. Well, Jesus said, don't even try to represent me until you're baptized with the Holy Spirit. Mm. Go and tarry until you're baptized. Correct. Don't even try it. Right. But people try it all the time and they nullify the Holy Spirit, act Mm. like they don't need it. But then what are they doing? They're trying it in their own merit, their own efforts. In other words, their own vanity. Agreed. And because of self-preservation, they keep their mouth shut so they're not attacked. Mm-hmm. They do. Yeah. You, you've got to be filled with the power of God, the spirit of God. God has to walk through you or you can't represent him effectively. Pastor Amen. Jeff. Amen. That's, that's so true. Absolutely true. And I don't know. You know, I, I, I guess for me, I'm a simple guy. It all comes down to how hungry are you? There you go. How thirsty are you? There you go. And uh, again, just being the simple guy that I am, I take the word of God for what it says. Good. And I believe that that's, we're missing in the church right now uh, an actual dose of the word. Yes, yes. And what we're getting is a lot of grins and giggles. We get a lot of good stories. We get a lot of, you know, motivational speeches. But who's really out there saying things like there is a harvest coming that's right that's right and here's how we know there's a reckoning coming that too and (laughs) and, you know who's out there telling you know the, the, the church right we understand that prophetically isaiah talks about you know when jesus was born we all recognize the christmas scripture right that's right right for unto us is born a child is born child is born right yeah and the Government will be upon his shoulders. We'll, yeah, where, we all know that. Where are the shoulders? There you go. Are the shoulders not on the body? It's supposed to be. And Jesus is the head? That's right. 
So the government is where? On the body. Exactly. And where are we hearing this? We're not hearing that in church. We're not hearing that here's why we need to be involved civically. Here's why we need to to be different. That salt and light you were talking about earlier. Yes. In every arena. And it doesn't matter which arena. But we've got to do these things in order to affect the whole. And the Amen. church should not step back no, no. from influencing government. Now, I'm not, I'm not, some people would say you're, you're a Christian nationalist. And I'd say, no, I'm not. I'm not suggesting that. I, I'm just suggesting that we be heaven's leaven. You know, Pastor Jeff, you're just a Christian. That's it. This is what a Christian should right. be. Exactly. You know, there's a de-emphasis on obedience, uh, which is a terrible thing because it's a de-emphasis on the very life of Christ. Amen. I mean, people say, I believe he died on a cross for me. Well, he did a lot more. Yes. If he just died on a cross for you, what was his three years of teaching? <laughs> was it a waste of time? If you don't follow his teachings, <laughs> that death on the cross doesn't help you. Right. I mean, uh, the devil knows that he died on the cross. Right. Uh, the devil knows he's a son of God, but he doesn't follow the teachings of Christ. Correct. And so we must follow the teachings of Christ. Yes. And today, Pastor Jeff, you know, there's such a pollution of the faith. Yeah. Uh, just believe. No, it's a lot. Believe means adhere, rely, trust, and obey in the Correct. Greek. Yeah, right, right. So if you're going to follow the teachings of Christ, you're born again. I mean, just the, the, the point to obedience, just take it to the very simple act of baptism. Right? Yes. How many, I'm sure you've experienced the same thing. In three decades of ministry, I can't count on both. I mean, I'm multiple times I've come across people who have not been water baptized. Yes, you're right. And, and, and yet if you even look at the narrative John of, of Acts 10 where Peter is preaching right in Cornelius's house he brings up the baptism of Jesus yes and then what happens after that is the infilling of the Holy Spirit for Jesus so both baptisms are listed in Acts 10 for Jesus but my point being that if you're not even water baptized but Jesus was and when Jesus showed up at the Jordan right he and John had the discussion uh I should be being baptized by you, Jesus. And Jesus said, no, no, no. It's fitting to yes. fulfill all righteousness. Yes, so yes, yes. So Jesus was water baptized. Sure are you we. saying, are you saying, if you're not water baptized, are you saying that you're better than Jesus, who was the Lamb of God? See? Spotless. Yeah, what are they saying? What are they saying? Yeah, yeah. And not obeying. Yeah, and they're not taking the word of God seriously when Jesus tells us to be. And, and so to say it's not important is the same type of mentality that's saying the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not important. Correct. Well, then what are you doing? Are you standing up for the cause of Christ? Are you defending uh, God's laws in the Bible? Or what are you doing? Just keeping quiet so you're not attacked? And, and this has infiltrated the church. And in oh. fact, I know that you know, and yes. we don't need to name names, yes. but we've got big ministries out there now yes. saying that the Old Testament isn't applicable. Yes. We don't need the Old Testament anymore. Well, then... Were you going to erase all the Old Testament references in the New Testament? You know, the Old Testament was not repeated in the New Testament. It's like going to algebra. You don't go to ABC, <laughs> one, two, three, uh, basic mathematics. It's taken for granted, and you move on. Correct. So the, the understood truth in the Old Testament didn't have to be regurgitated. Right. You're supposed to build upon it. Exactly. And so sin is sin. Amen. And and a prophet is a prophet. <laughs> yes. And so uh, this is the problem is they've tried to uh, cut the Bible in half. Mm-hmm. It's one book. Pastor Jeff. Amen.
Amen. The Old Testament yep. is the New Testament contained, and the New Testament is the Old Testament explained. You cannot understand the Bible without understanding both Testaments. That's exactly right. You've and got yet, to understand them both. But we have oh, yeah. a section of the body of Christ that is trying to, you know, what well, 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 they're deconstructing things these days. You know, the emergent church lies that teaches the Bible is evolving. They teach that Jesus mm-hmm. is not against homosexuality and sins condemned in scriptures because scripture is evolving. With this heresy, a person does not need a pastor anymore. All you need is a psychologist or evolutionist. Right. And so this is heresy. It is heresy. And all of this leads up to how the pulpit has failed. There you go. There you go. And why we need the bride to rise again. You know, we understand, again, back to the prophets, back to the Old Testament, right? Isaiah talked about a day when there would be gross darkness on the face of the earth. Yet at the same time, it says, my glory will arise and shine upon you. There you go. Arise, shine, for my light has come. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to the warning program or watching it. I've had Pastor Jeff Hastings Reset Church, Marysville, Washington. I'll tell you what, if you're in the area, attend the church. I think you're going to like it because you need to be under a pastor like an Issachar that can really speak the truth, that can see what's about to happen and gives warning so you can prepare yourself, not to be a victim, but so you can prosper. Again, Reset Church, Marysville, Washington, Pastor Jeff Hastings. Now, we're going to show you The Science of Judgment, a book I wrote in over 200 Bible colleges. It's going to be used. And also, Eagle Saving Nations, we've got to have another great awakening. Go to my website, www.worldministries.org. Subscribe to Eagles Saving Nations. It's what we've talked about. Getting into the NFL stadiums, the NBA stadiums, the civic centers, the, the churches, venues. Get in there and at the baptism of the Holy Spirit, once again, come down upon those that attend so they can go forth with power and authority and stop the tyranny and the toppling of the United States of America. Yes, amen. Pastor Jeff, thank you for being on the warning program. Thank you for having me, Dr. Hansen. God bless you. Reverend Dr. Jonathan Hansen has written a book titled The Science of Judgment. God is predictable. There is a scientific pattern for the rise and fall of nations throughout history. We need to understand the laws or the rules of design regarding prophecy and judgment. When it comes to the laws of judgment and prophecy, denominational or personal belief systems have nothing to do with the reality or the certainty of the rule of judgment. Dr. Hansen's objective is to warn leaders of nations of the second coming of Jesus Christ and the plagues or judgments that are coming upon these peoples and nations that reject Jesus Christ as Savior according to the Scriptures. Dr. Ronald E. Cottle, founder and president of Christian Life School of Theology, states that this book is a must-read for Christians and other leaders in the United States and in other nations. It is clear, powerful, and well-reasoned. We all owe a debt of gratitude to Dr. Jonathan Hansen for the years that have gone into the research and writing of the science of judgment. This book has more than 300 pages, divided up in five sections. Part 1, The Science of Judgment, has chapters titled such as The Laws Regarding Prophecy and Judgment, Patterns of Apostasy, Purpose of Chastisement, Standards for Justice and Mercy. God forgives when people repent. God holds nations responsible for what leaders do. Parental Responsibility. The Feasts of the Lord. Solomon's Transgressions and Their Consequences. Righteous Kings versus Evil Kings. Example of King Jehoshaphat. Ungodly Alliances. 
God is predictable. God holds people accountable. Man can turn into an intelligent beast to do evil. Section 2, The Deception of the Theory of Evolution, has chapters titled as Problems with the Theory of Evolution, Evolution and Racism, Darwin's Hatred of Christianity and its Fruit. Section 3, Why Must There Be Judgment, has titles such as The Fall of America and Her Destruction, Cult Christianity, Radical Liberal Politics. Section 4, Kings, Dictators, and Presidents, with the following chapters listed as People Choose Their Nation's Leaders, Qualifications for Godly Leadership, Romans 13, Delegated Authority, Satan is in charge of this world, not Jesus. If laws violate conscience, we must disobey. Finally, part five, so what must we do? These chapters are listed as, we are in a cultural war, our responsibility to a hostile government, the Christian's science of judgment. With turmoil ever increasing throughout the nations as Bible prophecy is coming to life right before our very eyes, one must read the science of judgment to have a clear understanding of these events and the reasons why. Call 360-629-5248, 360-629-5248, that is 360-629-5248, and request your copy of The Science of Judgment for a donation of $35 or more, plus shipping and handling. Thank you, and shalom. This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen. I'm the president of World Ministries International. I want to welcome all of you to the warning program. Whether you're watching or listening, welcome. I have Andrea Walters with me again, and we're going to talk about today uh, victim slash walking through fear. Uh, she was a victim in the past. I'll let her explain that. And then her journey walking through fear, where now she's living by faith. No more fear, but a survivor, a victor. Uh, Andrea, welcome back. Thank you. Amen. Yes. So why don't you, if, if a person never has watched or listened to our program in the past with you, summarize it. Yes. Um, my ministry is Amos Moses Ministries, and it's been developed out of a lifetime of struggle with faith, struggle with the world, struggle with trauma, struggle with uh, crimes against myself uh, from humanity and family members. Um, so regardless of where you are or where you've been or where you're going, um, something that I say or that Dr. Jonathan Hansen says today, thank you for having me, uh, might ring a bell with you, might yes. register in your spirit, um, in your mind. So I just want to pray right now for everyone that's listening, watching. So uh, Lord God, I just thank you for this opportunity. I thank you for those that can hear my voice. If they're not in a safe place, Lord God, just surround them with your protection right now, that they're able to get this broadcast. And I just thank you right now for the sacrifice of your testimony, Lord Jesus Christ, that you did walk it, you did walk through fear, you sweat blood in the garden. So we know for a fact you had fear. And I just am so humbled by the fact that we would share the same airspace with the Lord God in heaven. So the throne room is open always in Jesus' name in the courts of heaven. Never closed. So thank you. 
Um, so the trauma of childhood, uh, sexual abuse starting at three years old, that's a very young age, and how do you come back from that? Uh, it being a family member that you are constantly seeing, constantly pretending you don't see, and constantly protecting because the hammer will fall if you tell. Um, not only that, but uh, the unbelief surrounded by the truth. Who's going to believe you, a child? Who's going to believe them that's hung the moon for the rest of the family? Maybe they're a service member. Maybe they're a police officer, a fireman. Maybe they hold a teacher's position. Maybe they're female in authority. Wrong touch is wrong touch. Yes. So walking through fear, walking through the fire of fear, what that feels like. Uh, trauma, regardless of where it comes from, whether it's sexual abuse, a heart attack can cause trauma to the heart attack victim. So the point of this is that there is a reaction in your body, your psyche, your spirit. Mental health is a direct result of the, your spiritual condition. So that being said, that being true, every fiber in your being is connected to your spirit your flesh. So when something invades that space, that secure space, your autonomy yes. is what we're talking about. That's right. The core of who you are. You should be asleep and safe and sound in your own bed. But yes, many yes. are not. Ripped out of bed and abused. Uh, abused in their sleep. I know of women that are married who are being raped by their husbands here in America. This has happened. I have a client. So my legal ministry is vast, and I learn new things every day about the depravity of the human being. So that being said, when confronted in my testimony in our second part, this being the third part, I ended with a hiding that I was doing. I was being hunted down by this family member, and uh, the age difference was literally almost seven years. That is all. Seven years. But to me, as a three and four-year-old, they were an adult. You bet. They were an authority figure in my life. Much bigger, much stronger, and authority in their voice. And everyone around them regarded them as an authority and let them do whatever they wanted. So that changed the dynamics for this girl. Yeah, because many of them would use that age as, even as a babysitter. Yes, thank you. So there you go. Yes. Person of a, uh, in a position of authority. Yes. So this specific person was walking around with a BB gun. Wow. Looking for me, a four-year-old. Oh, my. And so I went and ran and hid under the boat tarp. I got up on the trailer and I hid the blue tarp over my body and I leaned against the boat. My uncle's boat. So his son was the one that was after me with the gun, which I could see below the tarp going along the floor. As he's looking for me, my breath left me. That's fear. Yes. I didn't hold my breath on purpose. Fear took hold of me, and my breath left me to protect me. This is the Holy Spirit, okay? Just because I was in fear does not mean I did not carry the Holy Spirit and did not mean I was in sin. Fear not, for have I not given you a spirit 
a power love and a sound mind. Okay, sometimes fear is your friend. It brings you to alertness. Soldiers testified about this all the time. But in this case, it was a protective measure. He couldn't hear my breathing, my panicked. <sighs> God protected me. He could not find me. He hid yes, me. yes, yes, yes. And I'll capitalize a moment on that. Thank you. You know, a person... Uh, people get saved all the time, but we call uh, there's a word called sanctification, means there's a growing process where we continue to grow in the Lord. But certainly we're saved, but we are growing in the Lord. Just like if you're born and now you're one years old, uh, you're still a human being, whether you're one years old or 99. So uh, there you go. Yeah. Uh, and that's what you were saying. Yes. Yes. And. I, my limited spiritual experience at that age, uh, I had already heard an entity in my room. I had already seen spirits. I had already heard scary stories from family members about spirits. I had already heard about a Ouija board. Wow. I already had this awareness of these kinds of things. Yes. Now confronted with my own safety, what do you do in a situation like that? I don't know Jesus. I don't know the Holy Spirit, but he knows me. Yeah, yeah. So the divine plan for this girl came into effect at that moment. And I see an opening and out. I don't think like that. I'm a four-year-old kid. I ran for my life. Sure. Well, now he's in tow behind me. I'm running. I'm not stopping. I'm headed to the dog in the backfield, right? Because I know the dog, yellow lab named Grover, is going to save my life. Wow. Right? Wow. So I'm running through this yard, and his mother, my aunt, is laying out in the sun, enjoying her tan, and I'm running in bloody terror from this guy that had been touching me for a year and a half. My goodness. And I knew this is what was going to happen again. But now he wants to kill me because I've been hiding from him all day. So I'm running for my life here. And I look at my aunt and I said, he's got a gun. Because in my mind, he's going to blow my head off. And in the reality, he could shoot my eye out at the very minimum. Oh, sure. BB's, BB guns are dangerous. Yes. Especially today, they make some that can kill you going through your eye. They're so high-powered. Yes. So my fear was not unfounded. No, it was very real. And she had a reaction of apathy. Oh, <laughs> cut it out. That's so funny. Wow. Yes, thank you. So my that was my reaction. And just keep running. Just keep running. That's all I did the rest of my life was run from that. Those feelings, those emotions, that terror, the, the memory, and the nightmares that followed running through quicksand to get away from someone you can't see, the chase dreams, the visions in the daytime because you're so exhausted, you're kind of daydreaming and visioning at the same time, falling asleep, and you're not quite coherent until something happens and then you're on high alert again. So that's a vicious cycle of insomnia, torture, trauma, the whole thing that wow. sets in. Wow. PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. So this would be why victims of sexual assault, of prolonged molestation, 
end up with a rating in mental health fields of soldier issues, PTSD and warfare issues, because it is a battlefield in your home. It's a battlefield on the street. It's a battlefield in your mind. It's mental gymnastics to get through your day. And ladies and gentlemen, many of you out there, you are understanding what she's saying. You've been a victim. And some of you have not resolved that area of fear yet. But let me tell you, there is hope. And we're going right. to we're going to touch on that right now. And so there is hope. There is an overcoming spirit where we can be victorious. We don't have to let the past torment us about the future. And that's what the gospel of Jesus Christ is about. Is uh, again, I have Andrea Walters with me right now. And uh, we're talking today about victim walking through fear. If you have not seen her programs on this warning channel, go to my website, www.worldministries.org, www.worldministries.org. You need to look up the previous programs we've done because they're excellent and you're going to be blessed with all of them. Andrea? Thank you. So the truth is this. I had no faith at four years old. I had no uh, any way to rely on anyone to save me or help me. And um, anyone that I could have died when I was 16 and I kept it a secret. So who's going to help? Can you help yourself? Probably not. That was my issue. I was trying to think it out, figure it out, feel it out. Help me. Screaming at God in my spirit, where are you? Were you not there? Did you not stop it? Why didn't you stop it? If he had stopped all of this at every turn, my life wouldn't have been so interesting later. And I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you fine people. So the point of it all is this. If you're afraid and you know it's the right thing you got to do, do it scared. And pray along the way. Don't ever stop praying. I went 30 years and didn't say the words amen because I thought it cut off communication with God. Say it, don't say it. It doesn't matter. God's going to hear every tear and every word. And I promise you this. His promises are real because I'm walking it out. I'm living it out. I have the freedom to not be afraid. I have the freedom to sit here and speak to you today. I have the freedom to open my Bible. I have the freedom to read it because I choose to. And if someone wants to jerk it out of my hand, and say, I don't want you to feel like you have to read this all the time. That's somebody that probably doesn't have my best interest or yours. So my prayer for you today is that you wouldn't lean on your own understanding, that you wouldn't lean on anyone else's understanding, let alone mine. This is just my experience. I can't save you. I can't reach out there and snatch you from your situation. But I can tell you this. Jesus wants to live in you. The Holy Spirit wants to come inside and unscramble what's been scrambled and upright what's been laid down and put aside and shoved over. So in Jesus' name, I command healing right now in your hearts and in your minds that they become one and that the eyes of your heart be opened to the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit just wash you right now, just a whitewash, because that's all the past really is. Amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, Andrea, this started at three. Yes. And 
when when did you finally uh, move into victory? When you walked through your fear? At nine years old, I was baptized by choice. I had an experience with Jesus. I had a vision and an experience at church. I talked about it in the first session. You'll have to watch that to, to hear that. And um, the next encounter with this individual, uh, he got on my level to hurt me and to abuse me. And the Lord Jesus Christ spoke out of me and said, no, in a man's baritone voice, I, this little nine-year-old girl. And the look on my perpetrator's face, the blood draining from his face and turning white, and the fear coming into him and out of me, priceless. Amen. Yes. Amen. Did he ever get exposed? I spoke his name to my mother and my stepfather, who were and are Southern Baptist. They chose to take me at 18 years old to a nun at Our Lady of the Lake Catholic Church because they knew that was the best place to hide sexual abuse. I, however, did not. I just didn't understand this place you never wanted me to step foot in before. Now, all of a sudden, we're open arms and coming in with this horrible issue. The best place to hide sexual abuse in a family is to take it to the Catholic Church. That's a horrible thing. So I sat there. This is my experience. I testify to the truth. I sat there with a nun, and I spoke to her my trauma. I gave her some details. It was very informative. And these are tender age years, under five. Yes, yes. So the abuse stopped. He was a 16-year-old teenager. Yes, yes. The last time he touched me. Yes. And I was still a nine-year-old girl before that. Yes. Okay, so that there's a huge problem there with the law. She had a duty to report and a duty to warn. So now... She's given me a book called The White Rabbit. I do not recommend it. It is a book completely full of incest stories that are very impactful, hurtful, and harmful to people who have been traumatized by incest. And it was the very first thing she thought to do was to feed me more trauma. I got through three people's stories and I threw it in the recycle bin because my spirit just couldn't handle it. So... Going in there, speaking the truth, thinking, okay, so now I have a woman now that knows this. Not just my mother. Was I a bad mom? I don't know. That's not my job. That was her response to trauma to her daughter. So now the nun, I've got another female that knows this is important. I'm squashed like a bug. She invites my mother and stepfather in. Let's have a family meeting. Oh, let's do. I'm thinking we're going to get him. No. The stepfather says, oh, you'll ruin his military career. And his mother's a basket case. She won't be able to handle it. And my mother, my biological mother, sat silent. No words. Nothing. That was it. That was the support this girl got. So I wasn't heard. I wasn't taken serious. Or I was heard. I was taken serious, and they covered it up. So when that happens, what do you do? Well, this girl tried to kill herself. First, I get married to somebody who 
burns his apartment down for insurance money because I don't trust myself because of what's happened in the past. I don't trust anyone around me. So it's normal to marry someone you don't trust is what I'm thinking. But then he goes and commits a crime. And now I'm a witness. So then what do you do? You want to tell. You want to tell. You want to unburden yourself. But you can't because they'll kill you. So you tell your pastor, you need to pray for this guy. Something horrible's happened, but you can't tell him anything. And then your soon-to-be mother-in-law, who you're incredibly terrified of, comes to you at work and says, if you don't marry my son and keep this secret, we're going to kill your grandmother. We're going to burn your mother's house down with your grandmother in it. So if you're going to walk through fear as a victim, these are the things that might happen. You trust the wrong people and then you see things you didn't want to see. You hear things you don't want to hear. You know things you should never know. These are the things that occurred. And so you see the true colors in people around these things. And I went to jail for eight days for keeping my mouth shut. And then I blabbed everything I knew. It's on the record. My entire testimony on the record. And I was wired for sound one day, not knowing it in the beginning, the other person was wired, but they were involved in the crime. So they were eschewing the conversation to their favor. The moment they began to lie, I began to know it and I began to lie. So the police were listening and I lied to get information out of this guy because I'm the one on the hot seat, not this guy. And I knew anything he says, I need to take to the bank because this guy knows more than I do. So I made up things based on what I had heard over the past. Conversations that ended when I walked in a room. Huge red flag. Um, things like that. You just, you just know something's going on. I don't know what it is. Can't put my finger on it, but something's not quite right. And then everything's revealed. What do you do? There are a lot of people that don't know I did not commit an arson simply because they don't know me. I was hidden from them. I couldn't be myself around them because of a victim of incest. We got two minutes. So, yes, um, walking through fear as a victim means you are doing it scared. So whether you are afraid or not, do the right thing for yourself. Keep yourself safe. Do the right thing for those around you. Keep them safe. Make your own reports. 2007, I made my own police reports. Best thing I could have ever done. And here I am. So in Jesus' name, there is freedom from fear. I stand before you now unafraid, undaunted. And it's a good place to be. And that's because of the Lord God, Jesus. Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, once again, you're watching, listening to the warning program, Andrea Walters. She was a victim, and she shared how she walked through her fears. Now she's no longer afraid. Now she's victorious. Now she is strong, and she can help other people come out of their fears, or if we want to say their victimhood. And so if you have not, seen her past programs, please go to my website, 
worldministries.org. That's www.worldministries.org. Click on uh, radio and television. You can watch or listen. So just go into rear and find the programs because I think you're going to be extremely happy you did. So many people uh, are victims, sexual victims. Uh, Eight out of 10 girls, ladies, become a victim by the time they're 18. Boys, men is rising in this terrible age we live in today where uh, men are being exploited. Boys, because again, uh, of the leadership in America that says there's more than just two genders. Uh, I'll tell you, there's a male and female and that's it. Anything else comes out of your polluted mind uh, from doctrines of demons. Uh, let me tell you something again. But with, with those doctrines of demons influencing even the White House, tell you what, boys and men are being exploited today like never before. Again, you're watching, tuning into the warning program, listening to it. This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen. Special guest, Andrea Walters. The program today Victim slash walking through fear. Uh, Andrea, thank you for the courage to share your testimony. Thank you. Again, ladies and gentlemen, tune in again next week. Tune in again tomorrow uh, to the Warning Program with Dr. Jonathan Hansen. May God richly bless you. May he heal you. You do have a future. Now let's go through the fear and see your destiny complete. God bless you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International. Warning Radio is a listener-supported program. We need your donations in order to continue airing these Christ-centered prophetic programs. Send your checks or money orders to World Ministries International, Post Office Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. To donate securely by phone, call 360-629-5248. Visit our website to find other ways of giving and a wealth of information about World Ministries International and host Dr. Jonathan Hansen. The website is worldministries.org. There, you'll also have access to hundreds of previously aired radio programs, made-for-television videos, thousands of articles, Dr. Hansen's books, and travel itinerary. Again, the website is worldministries.org. The phone number is 360-629-5248. Remember, the Lord is not slow about the promise of His return, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for everyone to come to the repentance that leads to eternal life.